Marvelites, welcome to another episode of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's H&M, joined by... Ben Morris, editor of Marvel.com, privileged to be joined by the hottest young editor here at Marvel Comics, and that's none other than... Oh, hi, I'm Tom Brennan, associate editor with the Spider-Man office. And our guest today is... Scott Adsit. I'm an actor and Marvel writer. Yeah. Oh, how, how does that feel Dual to threat. say? Uh, it feels wrong, actually. <laughs> but uh, I've written uh, with with Tom Self. I've written a three-page uh, Watcher story for uh, the most important issue you're putting out this year. That's correct. Marvel now what? Get it? <laughs> Sales love that joke and creating. Um, I like that you very yeah. gently hit the table. That's right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he introduced himself as the uh, as a, the uh, editor of the Spider-Man titles. Yeah. <laughs> Such shame. Uh, there's no shame. No, I'm just I'm naturally very quiet. So turn up your radios. <laughs> How did you get linked up with Tom? Through Jen Grunwald, who's oh. an editor here at Marvel, um, and uh, she suggested me for that comedy issue. Right? Yeah. Uh, we you know, every once in a while, the powers that be at Marvel have let me do a humor book. I did one two years ago called Shame Itself and the Aftermath of Fear Itself. Last year we did A-Babies versus X-Babies and they wanted me to do another one this year and uh, when I get that chance I sort of hop on it to work with writers I don't normally get to work with or people who might be a little new to comics and same thing with artists and uh, this time around I just put my mind to thinking of who, who are people who are funny, who I know can write, who I know love comics and uh, I spoke with Jen a little bit and she was kind enough to put me in touch with Scott and here we are. Wow. In the Thor room. In the Thor room. In the, the Thor room. And you're, you're kind of a novice to comics. You're not really familiar with the superheroes. Is that right? Well, right before we turned on the mic, we were talking about Modam. So I think you know my cred. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got legit yeah. cred. Uh, I remember when you visited the office a couple years ago, Jen was bringing you around, and we had these scroll masks in oh, my yeah. office. And we put on a scroll mask, and you immediately went to a Jack Kirby pose. It was Yeah, great. well, Jack Kirby draws that hand uh, that is kind of just off to the side a little bit. The Watcher had it. Reed would have it. Uh, just any any masculine person would have that hand that was just mm. canted to the side in an odd way. Yeah, and I'm very aware of that. I bring that up as often as I can. <laughs> and there's only a few audiences who understand what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Did you ever work it into 30 Rock? I don't remember ever seeing it, but that would have been amazing. Like, stop, Liz. No, those are Star Wars geeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, you've been kind of a fixture at the Marvel office for a while. I mean, you've come in multiple times. You were in that video with uh, Joe and Tom that That's one right, time. Yeah. How, how did you first come into contact? I'm assuming Jen was kind of the bridge, but how yeah. did that start out? Well, I was at New York Comic Con, and uh, Jennifer Grumwald is uh, kind of a shy, retiring right. type, and she came up Real to me wallflowers. having recognized me from 30 Rock and, and uh, immediately started introducing me to people at the con, which I was... Kind of, I've been going to comic cons for years and never, you know, really knew anybody there. And and Jen started introducing me to artists and writers and stuff. And so, uh, I've got now I've got this great base of of friends who are in the industry. And uh, so now I come to the office here as much as I can just to look at the walls because <laughs> there's no bullpen anymore per yeah. se, but there's a lot to look at. Yeah. It's a huge, it's a virtual bullpen. Yeah, yeah. one time, uh, I think it was about a year ago, you were here, and it was the same day my girlfriend was visiting, and she's like, that's Scott Adsit. And I said, oh, he's always here. <laughs> <laughs> that classic Brennan optimism that I throw out every turn. And I realized, like, midway through, I was like, that's crazy that I work in a place where TV stars just pop by. And run DMC. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. But, but today's been in kind the same of an chair. interesting day. Really? 
Yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping to be on a mural soon yeah. in this place. Yeah. Well, you are also room. a Marvel character. Um, I am, yeah. Which is kind of, it's amazing. How did that... Well, that that's just Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn writing on Deadpool. They uh, or maybe it was Tony Moore. I don't remember who who brought me into it first. Um, but I'm a Shield agent, uh, who I think they're just thinking. You know, they, they wanted kind of a excitable, panicky assistant Shield guy. So they thought of Pete Hornberger, which is my character on Thirty Rock. And uh, I don't know if Tony started drawing me first or if they started calling me that. Um, before he started drawing, but it's me in a shield outfit looking a little fitter than I actually am and uh, generally looking sweaty, uh, <laughs> which I love. And uh, and eventually they named the character. I don't think he had a name uh, for the first couple issues, and finally he was uh, Agent Scott Adsit, which is <laughs> subtle. Nice. Yeah, they really snuck that one in. Now, <laughs> do you fear for his fate? Or is it enjoyable to watch? Because I've always imagined if I had a character in a comic, I would like I'd be super excited at first, and then I immediately get panicked that I could die at any second, and then my opportunity would be over. Well, I I'm fairly confident that Deadpool will treat me well because people die in that and then just you know come back. Well, that's not all comics, but but uh, I mean the presidents came back in that first arc, so uh, maybe I'll be a zombie someday fighting Deadpool. That would be great. Uh, I did do a I was did I didn't do anything. I was in an issue of Criminal. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, I was at the first panel, they introduced my character, and in the last panel on that same page, I'm dead in an alley. Oh, nice. <laughs> but, but he called me uh, Adsit. I think, I think my name was Scott Adsit, like Scott the Thumb Adsit. So it's the same character. Wow, oh my Tr- God. Those continuities link up. It's somehow. different universes. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to work somehow. Different the choices. multiverse is a wonderful place. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, say this uh, just quickly to the listeners of this podcast. If you love Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn, you should, again, pick up Marvel Now What? In October, read a story, a five-page story they've done, and Scott Adsit and Declan Jalvey's three-page Watcher story. Well, let's talk about that Watcher story quickly. Is this something that was assigned to you, or did you say you wanted to you wanted to write the Watcher? Well, Tom said, do anything you want. And, <laughs> That's uh, his editing style. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I thought about it for a few days, and... Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do somebody kind of obscure, but someone that my friends might recognize. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went with the Watcher because I had an idea too, which I thought was okay. Yeah, uh, putting this together, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I tried not to put too many rules or guidelines out for people. I, the only thing I really informed any of the writers was, oh, someone's already doing you know a Spider-Man bit or whatever. They didn't want to double up too much, and fortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Scott went right to the Watcher, and I was like, well, I mean, there is one little one-page Watcher gag that's also in there, but it actually works out pretty well, and I'm going to have that lead into it. Um, uh, the funny thing was, I wrote a tight little three-page script for him and sent it off very kind of proudly, and he wrote back and said, this is great if this were a ten-page comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, it was a learning curve. Uh, yeah, you know, that's um, that's... Actually, it's fun because I don't get to do that as much anymore because we've just we've been so focused on our main line of books lately. So, working with a lot of people who've been doing this for for a while, so being able to sit down and kind of walk through the process of you know how to keep your panel count tight and make it work. I recall being that sarcastic. I probably wrote it that sarcastically. That <laughs> I read it very sarcastically. Right, it was intended that sarcastic. <laughs> um, and uh, but what what's really been great about the entirety of this book so for anyone who's been new and we've had a few writers who are new to comics Sarah Schaefer uh, wrote a thing for it uh, people who 
pretty easily have grasped, and Scott as well, easily have grasped the idea that each panel is one image and one moment, and the you know, it's a little more complex to write a comic than you'd think. Tom Brevoort always has the, the, the sort of shorthand of, in film or TV, a page is a measurement of time, and comics is a measurement of space, and figuring out how to navigate that is, it can be tough. Um, and I've been very impressed with Scott and everyone so far who's been able to really pick up on that and make that work so so easily. So, you know, we went only, I think, I think we only went one round of, of notes on it, and we're pretty much in good shape. But well, you're afraid of me, too. I am. You're right in the room now. I can't just be mean on a computer and, and be like, he won't know that he's taller than me. We haven't met in person yet. Not now he's got me. Was this your absolute first time trying to write a comic book script or you toyed with it before? Yeah, I mean, I've done storyboards. That's as close as I've come. Mm -hmm. And I've drawn those, so... Uh, and that's, you know, for a different uh, kind of uh, pacing as well. So, no, it's brand new. I, I really didn't know what I was doing, and Tom helped me a lot. And also, a lot of my jokes got lost. My little babies. <laughs> but a lot of good jokes stayed. Yeah, but there's a burning pile of dead babies yeah. in my... Uh, trash bin right now that's that that's Stay really right. typical of a, yeah, a, a tom another, uh, yeah, a tom brennan, a tom brennan book. book is you know dead <laughs> burning <babies>. trash can <laughs> of dead babies i feel like the watcher is actually a standby of every comedy book we've ever done there's always yeah. at least a watcher story why is the watcher funny because he's so serious yeah he takes himself so seriously and he's bad at his job yeah yeah and that's actually entirely what this story is about. It's, a, it's an intervention job. for the watcher because of how much he's intervening. So. <laughs> that's great. Uh, early, early on, you mentioned that you know the Thirty Rocks fans are more Star Wars geeks, but on the crew, did you have anyone else you talked comics and hardcore stuff with? Well, when I said that, I meant the writers are Star Wars geeks, oh. <laughs> um, starting with Tina. Um, but comic? No, I don't think. No, I, I, I thought I would have thought Judah. Friedlander was a comic guy, but he's more of a like a horror film guy. Mm. I mean, he deep fried one of our comics on the show, right? Yeah, That's yeah. His character, his character is definitely a. a I can't geek. distinguish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ben was surprised that your name was Scott today. He's I don't like, it's Pete. I still don't understand. <laughs> it's not real. When I have a beard, it's Scott. Oh, okay. <laughs> we had uh, Bobby Moynihan in here last week, and we were talking. He was showing off uh, some original art he just got, and he mentioned you have a great sketchbook collection. Mm. How'd you? Well, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I thought that was awesome. That came about indirectly through Jen as well, because she introduced me to Mark Brooks. Mm. And Mark Brooks uh, and I were hanging out, and his wife Lisa, and, uh, and he said, you got to get a book going. And I said, I don't know, what, what do you mean? And he described to me what these sketchbooks are at conventions. People come uh, with books and commission pieces in these books, and they fill them up with uh, generally a theme. And Mark said, get a theme, and then get a really great artist to do the first page uh, so that all the other artists following that will have to live up to that and yep. try to do better. That's the best advice. I get that, too. Yeah. So Mark did the first page. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful thing of Mina Murray from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So my whole book is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And actually, I have four books that are wow. because wow. eventually people started keeping them for a year so yeah. I started other books uh, but they're all league and they're all uh, amazing and I haven't posted anything but the one Alex Ross did which was uh, the 30 Rock cast as the league which is incredible it looks like they're gonna like it looks like Tracy Morgan's gonna walk off the page <laughs> and kiss and slap you at the same time <laughs> who, uh, who, who did he make you in the I, league? Quarterman. Nice. And he made Alec, 
uh, Mr. Hyde. <laughs> he made uh, Jane the symbol of uh, Albion, uh, the the woman, kind of iconic woman, and uh, he made Jack McBrayer the Invisible Man in his page uniform. Um, and he made Tina, Miss Murray, <laughs> and Judah is a Martian. Nice. It's just a Martian with a Judah hat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what books are you reading right now? Are you still... Are you, you know what I'm digging is, uh, uh, what is it called? Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that's, that's great. It's really popular too, right? Yeah. yeah. Doing really well, right? Okay. I don't know. I don't watch the, the trades. Right. Uh, but... <laughs> it's the Tom Brennan Spider-Man office. Oh, it's that's so good. Yeah. It's such a great idea to get yeah. rid of Peter for a while. I assume he's coming back at some point. But right now, as far as we know, he, is, he was already dead, but still like in Ox Mind. And now that's gone. So yeah. it's really exciting. I love it. And I love the character. I yeah. really am compelled by uh, Otto. And, and it's, just, it's a great twist that Dan's done. Of, you know, he, he took over the body, but suddenly understood you know, the call to be a hero. And just seeing a supervillain try yeah. to be a hero is a fascinating story. He takes a different route to yeah. do yeah. that. And he's, now he's really kind of like, he's essentially doing what he always wanted to do through a different path. And he's kind of taking over the city. Yeah. And maybe the world, who knows? But Yeah, we were just talking about that today, <laughs> earlier today on our first of our three podcasts today, when we were talking about how it's cool to see him doing superhero things, but from a supervillain mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take down this supervillain by systematically destroying his life as opposed to just punching yeah. him. Yeah. Love that stuff. But also, like, gathering a, a militaristic force yeah. to back him up and, and machines and essentially what you would see a supervillain have. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a, a mistake that sometimes gets made uh, with other writers at other companies. Not here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you, when you take it from the, the villain's point of view, sometimes they can get bogged down in the darkness and the grittiness of it. What I love is that this is a dark story told in such a bright, mm. a colorful, you know, comic book superhero way. It opens the doors for us to do so many fun things on the side books and... Uh, you know, uh, if you like a book called Scarlet Spider that I edit, uh, Superior Spider-Man shows up in there and playing with that relationship of uh, of Kane dealing with, uh, you know, he already has a weird relationship with Peter Parker, but then on top of it, Kane killed Otto years ago and how that deals with. Or another book I work on, is Superior Foes of Spider-Man, seeing how these villains are reacting to a world of uh, of Doc Ock being evil. That book is uh, terrific, by the way. Thank you very much. Tell Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber that I just got in the way. <laughs> but um, I'm done plugging stuff. But I is, do actually mean everything. I just let me ask because I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, what's the relationship between the new Peter Parker and uh, Aunt May? Since they were lovers before, um, you know, <laughs> they got almost got married, right? Uh, I'm gonna have to run that by Marvel Legal before I answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget how they've played that. Have they dealt what? with that yet? He, I, yeah, he's, he's sort just, of been aloof. Yeah, he's sort of like he's just skid- clear he's a little skittish around it. Yeah. yeah. He gets well. There's there's a story coming up in the either upcoming or months old, depending on when we put up this podcast. Um, right. Superior Spider-Man Annual, where yeah. she gets kidnapped, and we're going to see how oh. he reacts. That's the, yeah. kind of the whole draw of the story: is how does Ock as Peter react when Aunt May gets kidnapped? Back in the '70s, when they almost got married, yeah, was Ock in love with her or was he using her? No, he was legit. He I was. Oh, yeah. He, like, was, he, he started out he was using her, and he actually and he fell, fell in love with her. her. Who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. come on. That woman's uh, a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and she's finally learned how to do her hair. Yeah. 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 
She looks good. She looks good. She's taking care of herself. She's a, she's a good girl. Yeah. So now that you have you've you've wet your whistle on writing comics, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get away from that. Uh, you wet your whistle on writing comics. If you had your druthers, what would you write? Who would you write? Fantastic Four. But yeah. without it, like that. Yeah, just because it was my first love and uh, my, the first book I ever got comics wise, I think, was the uh, Origins of Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, in like second grade and I devoured it and just learned it and everything looked new and weird to me and old at the same time and I think the comics in there were at that time you know the the FF was maybe 12 years old and seemed like ancient reading Mm -hmm. even at that time and uh, and I loved the way Stan wrote it really appealed to my 10 year old mind the the way his prose wrote I mean he'd introduce every story um and it just was silly and huge and over the top and, and alliter- alliterative. And um, I ate it up and, and didn't understand a lot of it and then just set about trying to. And it informed my view of the world, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we were talking to DMC earlier and, and how much he learned and was influenced uh, at such a young age and, you know, his vocabulary. And, and we, we actually had similar discussion mm-hmm. earlier today about the words that I would never have seen if I hadn't read comics yeah. mm-hmm. at a young age. And it's just, it's so, so impactful. So like the takeaway is we're all just like DMC. Yeah. <laughs> we are the kings of rock. I mean, yeah. good for exactly. us. Exactly. So what do you have going on outside of uh, writing comics? Uh, well, I'm a few movies right now. Yeah. I, I just uh, finished one with Brian Posehn and oh, Missy cool. Pyle and Paget Brewster um, called Uncle Nick. I don't know when it's coming out, but we finished shooting. I'm shooting one now called St. Vincent. At the moment, it's called St. Vincent of uh, Du Van Wyck. Um, <laughs> and it is that stars Bill Murray and Melissa McCarthy oh. and Naomi Watts. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah, and... Um, and then I've got something I can't talk about yet. I'm not allowed yes. to. But it's a big project that I'm going to uh, L.A. for the next year and a half to do. I mean, I'm going to be going back and forth. Mm. So you're doing well, though. Doing all right. You're not going to have to work for Tom yeah. full time. No. When people ask me in, in other interviews uh, what ex- what's going on exciting in my life, I generally say I'm writing for Marvel. That's awesome. That's awesome. We thank you for that. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Well, where can fans find you online? Are you on the Twitters or anything no, like that? They no, they can't find me online. <laughs> they can do a Google image search and find me. That's about it. <laughs> Good for you. Staying off the grid. <laughs> I like that. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, and we look forward to Marvel What Now? Now What. Oh, Marvel Now What on sale in October. <laughs> Uh, Scott Adsit, Brian Posehn, Jerry Duggan, Sarah Schaefer, Sarah Benacasa, Wyatt Zanak, Elliot Kalin, and a bunch of other great writers writing for it. Check it out. Wait till you hear the podcast with uh, Wyatt and Elliot. Uh, because it's we got the title in about 40 different ways from them. Nice. And it was terrific. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Thank you, guys. This <laughs> is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>